and welcome to the Wild Horseman Podcast, where we trawl through the depths of the streaming services for movies with the most epic deaths. I'm Tom. I'm Witty. And I'm Ollie. And today we meet a bloke that collects a whole lot more than stamps. So we've just finished The Collector on Apple TV and that is one hectic movie, movie uh, Horseman, 30 seconds, a uh, plot summary. Jesus Christ, mate. Um, you're not wrong. Me, you and uh, the other big horse have just sat through a pretty atrocious 90 minutes. Um, the plot that I, as I can come up with it is, effectively, there's a punter that's working on this house as a tradie. He seems to be doing odd jobs. We then later find out he's an ex-con. So he's obviously doing cash. Old mate pays him in cash at this big mansion. There's a few other punters working there. There's a family living at the house. It looks like they've just moved in, what have you. Gets back to his missus who needs coin to pay off a loan shark. So he makes that very clear that she's in financial trouble with someone. We can only surmise again that maybe she got into that trouble when he was in the can. We don't really know. So he gives her a bit of coin, but he knows that this house that he's been working at or maybe deliberately got a job at has a giant, I guess it's a diamond. I don't know what it is. It's a. It's some sort of you know, special rock that... Um, he wants to get, goes and talks to his fence, goes, cool, I'm going to go back and rob this joint, makes a deal. Then he gets to the house and I'm assuming it's the same day because he got paid that day and goes to his missus at the bowling alley and gives her money. But it's the same day he gets back to this house and he just walks into an absolute nightmare situation. Initially, he's fine, cruises into the house like a pro thief, goes upstairs, knows where it is. He's about to bust the safe, then he hears some footsteps creaking on the stairs, like, fuck me, who's that? Um, and then it's just on. Basically, it is an absolute horror survival. Wouldn't say it's psychological, some great jump scares. One of the first scares of the whole movie in the opening scene is a great jump scare. Uh, I don't want to ruin it to people too much. But basically, survival horror set in a very claustrophobic environment, the same house, you start to think you're running out of space, and they keep on throwing in some curveballs, like extra people rocking up to the house, the fucking little... A little fucking girl, like all this shit that would fuck your conscience, and uh, a really, really good ending. Yeah, it's, it's, a lot of stuff about this movie is pretty unclear. Um, it's unclear if it, like you said, if it's the same day. I think it is because, like you said, he sees his girlfriend. She's like, "I need the money tonight." He gives her some cash, and he's like, "Nah, I don't, like, I'll get it." And he goes and talks to the fence, and then he yeah. says, "I'll see you at midnight." So the setup is that it's on the same day, yeah, which raises a lot of questions. One hundred percent, I think he's rolled in there at like say. Well, because also, I think he believes the family's gone. So, I think he's rolled in there that night. I'll be in and out in half an hour, no fucking problems. And I don't know what the fuck's going on in America, but obviously, it's pissing down with rain, it's dark. So, we feel like it might go for a lot longer because it is so rainy and dark. But I'm pretty sure it's like in a couple of hours, this shit is going down. Yeah, I think you're right because he meets up with his fence and, and then seems to drive d- directly to the to the place where he's going to steal the... It's definitely not a diamond. It's some sort of... It's like a Zephyr, maybe? I don't know. I don't what do you reckon of these big horse? Big ruby? I don't mate, know. It, it looks like a ruby. It, um, it's not very well cut. Like God knows, mate. It looked like a candle, to be honest with you. Well, yeah. The prop itself was a bit shit, but it was, it was supposed to be a red stone of some kind, wasn't it? Of, of value, because he had to pay off, yeah, like you said, his missus or ex-wives debts, which were very unclear. Also, completely unresolved in the end, anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Fucked it for everyone. All right, let's let's get, get into the collector, the the character, the collector. We have a lot of questions. Witty, you were onto it right at the start um, about who the collector is. Um, yep. 
how did you come to the conclusion that the collector was an exterminator who we saw for like one frame earlier in the movie? And also, no mind the spoilers, get a life. It was 2009. Yeah. I guess looking at, looking at movies traditionally, whoever's involved has got some exposure. So you, you see them at some point during the movie. Um, he's knocked off uh, at the end of the day. He's obviously a tradie at the house. He's leaving, uh, spots a uh, nest of hornets or, or wasps and see some exterminators. Um, they don't say anything to him. They just nodded him, and then he takes off. So, obviously, kind of sets the scene that it, you know they could be implicated down the track. So, very studio. I did not see that at all. I saw him talk to the. He tell. He, I saw him say to the two guys, he's had to tell him more, more than once to get their attention. But when old mate gave him the thumbs up, I was like, oh, that's just any other punter. So my thought, yeah. theory was it was the previous owner. I don't know. I don't know how I. I don't know how I got to that fucking theory. Well, but was there was there two of them, or was there only one of them? There was two. There is two at the base of the stairs. Um, one's got his back to him the whole time, and one gives him the thumbs up. Oh, there's, there's two exterminators, but is there two collectors? I don't know. So yeah, that's a good question. That is a cool question, actually. It's one of the many questions we'll cover in this podcast because there is a lot of. Um, a lot, a lot of questions of about how this movie came together. First of all, is the house a new house? Is it a new build or are they renovating? I was under the impression that they just moved in or, or they've been re- maybe yeah, maybe renovating for a while because the uh, main character, Arkin, knows the family. They trust him. They, you know, he's, they, they know him pretty well. He's weirdly close to the family He'd for a tradie. He's a bit too close. But strangely yeah. close. Especially with the young child. Young, young child. child. Yeah, having... Tea parties was <laughs> a little bit, little bit odd. A very dodgy scene there at the very beginning. Yeah, but look, we assume like he's a trusted person of the family. He's, he's, he's around. You know, the the only thing we actually see him do is sand a door. So like he's, I mean, obviously ex-con. He um has to find a trade and, and get some work done. But um, but yeah, I mean, looking at looking at Ark and the main character Josh Stewart. Uh, you want to tell us a bit about him, Big Horse? I don't know anything about the guy except that he looks like the offspring of who did you say? Friggin' Jason Clark. Jason Clark and, and um, Toby Maguire. And Toby Maguire. He's got very Toby Maguire like mannerisms. I will say this: he um, he warmed to me during the movie because at the start he's like nee, he, nee, nee. like he just started off like a bit of a fucking gimp, and then as the scene started to really crank up, I actually felt like he kind of raised his, you know, his engagement in the whole movie, like to match the intensity of it. But one thing I found really funny about the character he was portraying is he knows at a certain stage there that some crazy shit's going down. And there's that stage where he's looking out the window for ages, like that downstairs white door window. And he's like looking out. I'm like, mate, you would never just be staring out of the window. Like, eh, how do I get out of the house? Like for that long when this collector motherfucker's inside. But uh, going back to old mate, someone else enlightened us a little bit more about what his deal is. Well, he's clearly got some acting chops. He was in Interstellar. He was in Dark Knight Rises. Um, I mean, I've seen his head around for sure. He was yeah. in Criminal Minds. I couldn't work out, was, was he a recurring character in Criminal Minds? I, th- I think so. I think a couple of seasons. But like, I mean, his IMDb is like peppered with like cameos and TV shows and Interstellar. Like, Yeah. Can I just yeah. ask then, for this movie, are we calling, this is B-grade, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so yeah. he's doing oh, a discount one here. Like, for sure. Scraping the barrel of b <laughs> 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 Strong C grade, yeah, yeah weak yeah. B grade. Yeah. Look, we uh, uh, can I just quickly say? So, did you guys love this or not? I think it actually, it's actually a cool movie. How it ends, I really like the ending. Um, yeah. It's some freaky shit. It's we'll get into the deaths in depth. We'll find out all that for everyone. But I like it. 
it's I think it's pretty cool. I'm glad I watched it with you two. Um, you would I'd be bit shit scared for part of it. Then part of it does get a bit slow, a bit repetitive, but I think it has a pretty cool twist at the end. Agree? Yeah, I, I enjoyed it as well. I mean, there it's definitely a B grade movie in in terms of the plot and the camera work and stuff. You're kind of like. There's a lot of just, like you said, there's a lot of just fucking around where they could have probably chopped 15 minutes off the movie. It was an hour and 40, so mm. they could have got away with a sort of 85-minute movie. 100%. And then it would have been really moving at that point. Um, but yeah, I think great premise. Okay premise. Great um, execution of the deaths. Um, the deaths were cool. And yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. I think I think one of the best things about it, and Ollie, you said it, it's... Um to for, for listeners, picture uh, Home Alone, but if the house was booby trapped and you're trying to get <laughs> out of it, <laughs> Home Alone for adults. Home Alone for adult uh, for adults. But what what I found a bit weird as well was the the sinister music that they played with it really kind of left you not knowing how to feel because they had like the most sinister music playing when he's meeting his ex misses at a bowling alley. And I'm like, what's gonna happen, man? Is a spare ball gonna come and hit her in the head or something? <laughs> Like, like too too much intense, um, but no, like obviously the core of the movie is at the house, and and that's where it really starts to heat up and get get good, yeah, yeah. And so let's uh, let's talk about the collector, the character played by um, Juan Fernandez, who the only thing I could see of note for that guy, we don't even see his face in this movie, so he was in Crocodile Dundee too. Yeah, right. So who was he in that? I don't know. He must have been like one of the criminals he fights or something. Anyone, mate, if I'd put it on my... Even if I was just like random crowd member, I'd still put it on my IMDb. Oh, 100%. Um, so he plays Collector, who we've established was an exterminator at the house while it was getting renovated or they were just moving in, whatever was happening. So sometime between knockoff time on this Friday, because we assume it's a Friday because they says here's the money for the week, so for the Friday. So sometime between knockoff time and when um, Arkin goes back to the house to steal the diamond... He has taken the family, which is meant to be going away together, um, on a family holiday. We He's, assume that very same day. That very, which they, is never they, made clear. That, yep, they imply they're going away on the same day. He somehow takes them all captive and rigs the entire house of with booby traps in the space of like we're talking like what well, it's it, he looks at his watch and it says like ten forty five or something. So five hours probably like five or six hours, six hours at the absolute. Like longest insane effort um, to do what he's done, and also the like the intricate stuff he's coming up with is like that's a honed technique. Like, is he bringing the fish hooks together before he gets there and hanging them up in the fucking bathroom, man? Because if he isn't, that takes a long time. That's multiple hooks dangling. Like, how do you even set that? Like. The risk of harming yourself setting these things up is high. That's all I'll say. A lot of these things are fucking dangerous to even if you know what you're doing. That that might be where well, obviously not introduced the second second person might have come into play. But True. To, to set the scene, I guess we could talk through some of the booby traps so everyone listening can sort of get a feel for what it was at, the place is actually like. Like, for example, so what they've done as well, they've barricaded the house and installed Numerous locks on every like every door that can only be opened with a specific key that they have. Yeah, and so it takes a little bit of time to drill a lock out and install it. Let alone four. Four on every door. And they've done that sometime in the six hours between when knockoff time yeah. and when Arkans arrived to steal the stone. I mean that that's an example of like I counted I counted I think twelve different booby traps that range from 
Um, pretty simple stuff like a needle in the receiver of the phone when he tries to make that, a phone call. That's badass. Badass, yep. but pretty straightforward, I imagine. Um, all the way through to like um, a room full of bear traps, um, fishing wire or something strung up so tight in front of a door that you'd get sliced to pieces if you ran through it. Like That takes a long time. Yeah, the fishing yeah. wire one is a fucking time oh, consumer. Acid no, glue. We have to agree that the ones that take the most time, he's installed like like cable like machine operated cable pulleys <laughs> yeah. in, in well, the walls man well, yeah. like, how yeah. how has he managed to do yeah. this in yeah. like yeah. To, a like, fucking to, small period of time to, yeah to give everyone the feel for it one of the the first times we see a booby trap go off is the the dad of the family uh who, who is being held captive in the basement somehow gets away um he sees uh main character arcing in the house obviously trying to break in to steal some stuff um, gets like scared, taken back, then trips a wire that sets off like a very sophisticated bit of machinery that starts whipping like cables like all over the joint <laughs> that have it would have taken you like a whole week to install it, and then strings the guy up, swings him over a balcony, and then drops him on his head. On <laughs> that's all, and that's all that one does. Yeah. And it's one of the most intricate things that's that's in there, yeah. which is hilarious. What, what what is the what is the goal of the collector? Like un, that's so my question. In the for movie, you both. So in the movie, there's a guy uh, who's been held captive in a box upstairs, and which you don't really understand what he's doing there until he breaks out and he's like he collects people like the ones he likes. <laughs> yeah, have to watch the movie to sort and, of and get just the side note, folks. The very opening scene is another couple getting home to their house, and they go upstairs. They've obviously been out for dinner. This is a very opening, very short scene. Um, and they, they're like, what the fuck is that? And they go inside and there's, there's a box in their bedroom and you don't see what comes out. But when they open the box, because it's rattling around, a punter's behind the, the, the male and grabs him and then it cuts to the movie. So this is that same guy that you see later on we're talking about. Yeah. And he says he collects people, yet the entire way that he sets up the house indicates that really he just wants to kill people in the most hectic ways possible. Yeah, so this is what I want to ask you both. I want your opinion. Is the, the thing that was screaming about this is why. Is is he going to let the people in the basement out to be killed by the traps? Or is he setting them all up, going to kill the people downstairs, and if someone else is unlucky enough to come back, they die in the traps? Yeah. We actually had our, a guest listener check in with that very question. G-Man the great man Gareth Vine. Oh, this is a Gareth Vine. Big shout Vine. out. This is a Gareth Vine joint Big as well. Big shout out. Yeah. Always got a shout out. G Vine. Um, his, his question was, why booby trap the house? Hey, why spend the time booby trapping the house? How? When you've already got them captive. It's a great question, yeah. G Vine. You're yeah. already in control of the situation. And the, the um, uh, synopsis on Apple TV says that a, a, safe, a, a, a thief must escape from a house that's set up with horrific traps by another thief which is just wrong because there's no way the Klex is a thief not a thief like he's his, not in there stealing jewelry his motive his motivations are humans. really yeah, exactly he's still <laughs> well supposedly he's stealing humans well he steals that guy yeah but but, but he <laughs> so if he steals the humans that he likes he doesn't he doesn't know that Arkans in the house until a fair way into the movie which means that he went to the house in the, with the intention of keeping one of the family alive Right, so he's got the mum and dad. He doesn't have the youngest daughter, and he doesn't have the oldest daughter when he gets there. And yet he still rigs the house like, like you said, like Home Alone. Yep. And 
but what is like what is he hoping to achieve? Like what is the point of of his actions? But that's that's what I'm saying. Whilst it's awesome, and we'll get into death peeps, don't worry. That some of these traps provide us with, if he just kills the parents, which is clearly his plan downstairs, doesn't find the little girl, and the big sister's off taking dick elsewhere for the whole night. He eventually has to bail from the house for no nothing happens to the yeah. to anyone. It's it's a massive like. It's a huge undertaking, potential DNA leaving behind situation. And and just side note, Arkin's a fuckwit when it comes to the... We were talking about this. He is the gimpiest safecracker. The guy smokes like a fucking chimney. He's, lit, he's smoking darts at the same house all week, throwing them on the ground, sharing them with the guy's adult daughter. Extremely inappropriate relationships with both the younger and adult daughter. Goes back to rob the joint, smokes a dart, and as you guys pointed out, the, when he's under the most pressure, where there's most likely to be a camera... And we're going to leave a lot of DNA. He takes his mask off to crack a safe. He mm-hmm. is a shit house break and ender. I was just saying that's why I went to the can. But going back to the collector, literally, if he kills those two people, who can't find the little girl. How long does he spend there before he bails? Who's he? It, well, like, we, what is we, he we doing? That's the thing. Like, it's we don't know. It's never made clear as to which member of the family is he after. Because yes, he takes Arkin at the end, but. That's definitely not his intention because other like he doesn't know he can't know that Arkin's coming back to the house. I, th- I think his intention uh, is is the little girl, uh, but he can't find her. So he's rigged up the house, got the parents. Maybe doesn't know where the older sister is. So um, to paint the picture for everyone, um, the person from the beginning scene uh, eventually gets stuffed into this really creepy looking red box. Like you don't know what's in it. Arkin stumbles onto him. In the house, sees a, you know, this eerie, creepy box uh, jammed in a co- um, closet, opens it up, and this old punter falls out and starts basically like telling him, This guy collects people. If, you, if he doesn't want you, you're going to die in this house. So we can obviously say that it wasn't. Am I going to ruin the desk by saying? No. Yeah. All right, cool. It was, obviously wasn't the mum and dad. I think we're led to believe it's the little girl. Yeah, or it's either the little girl or the older daughter because when she gets back to the house and she's getting her Mac on with her boyfriend, That's a good point. He's licking his lips like, <laughs> like some he sort of is outside. straight up jizzing his pants. Yeah, that yeah, guy is yeah. fucking loving the show. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think we yeah, based on absolutely no evidence except what we saw in that movie, he wants to keep one of the daughters as a prize. Yeah, like, very, very Silence of the Lambs. What does he, collect, oh. what does he collect them for? What does he do with them? He's trying to make a woman suit. I don't know what he's fucking so, doing, mate. Look at the guy. Check <laughs> it. De- definitely speculation, but I keep going back to the two exterminators. Maybe the other ones at like a freaking compound. He's got like other people there. You know, like maybe he's like a pimp and he's just collecting collecting women. people. But, but then he collects men as well. He collects old man pimp. Yeah, he collect, but then why bring? We find out that the random old dude stuff in the box, his name is Lawrence. Why bring Lawrence? Why is he there? But also, I feel like Lawrence has been to where they get collected because he knows too much. And he's in a red box. How? And his feet are stapled with a fucking whatever that thing is. So he's like crucified into the box. But he knows that, that the guy collects people. How does he know that? He must have been let out of the box at some fucking place. Like Woody said, maybe it's a compound. There could be a couple of guys involved. There could be fucking 40 people there. But he's just a sick... He's just a sick ombre. I'll tell you what. Yeah, he's man. a bad ombre. I feel yeah. for Lawrence, man. 
Yeah, man, Lawrence. Yeah, I reckon he was good bloke. He was having a tough time in the box for sure. Um, and when he did get out and he got stuffed back in there by Arkin as well, pretty brutal. <laughs> That's actually um, hilarious. Lawrence goes in and out of that box about <laughs> three times throughout the movie. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's what makes it a B-grade movie is that this this screams of a movie that someone came up with the idea, let's make Home Alone but like on steroids with real deaths and let's build a script around it. And so they come up with this B-grade script, doesn't really have any sort of precursor, they don't answer a bunch of questions and it doesn't really have a point. Exactly. They actually are, whoever, who was the director? I, don't, I actually didn't see. Fair play to the director. It's In a, one way, sorry, mate. Oh, sorry, mate. I was just going to ask the question. Um, Marcus Dunstan. So, is he directed anything else? Really, just the collector, the sequel, a movie called Feast. Sorry, I didn't look too much into that. Fair uh, enough. But he did help. Fun fact: he did um, help co-write Piranha 3D. <laughs> did he? Yeah. Ah. <laughs> they took my and now <laughs> they took my pain. <laughs> Yeah, check that one out on yeah. the podcast, guys. We've already done that one. It's a classic. That's a ripper. Um, but but that kind of that kind of puts in tune with your in your head that he obviously is a bit of a sick sick ombre. This bloke, if he's done the collector, it's sequel, a movie called Feast. Sounds like it's hectic, and Piranha 3D is just people getting churned up by killer fish. Check it out. Um, look, let's let's without further ado, we've got other shit to talk about. This this is fucking this movie's growing on me as we speak, actually, because it's just so fucking random. But uh, let's get into the deaths. I'm going to straight up just jump in before the boys even have a chance. My favorite death is bear trap death. So to, like, to paint a picture for everyone out there, the oldest daughter gets home with her boyfriend midway through the, the horrifying events inside the house. Uh, they're sort of, you know, kissing away in the old car. You know, the horn's beeping because he's beeping the horn or she is or whoever the fuck it is when they're kissing each other. The... Um, Protagonist is having a captain cook out the window. He's like, oh, help, help. Like, and then he realizes it's the daughter. So he, and he's had a cigarette with her at the start of the movie. So he's trying to yell out to Warner, don't come in. Big storm and lightning is masking all the sound. Uh, you have to forgive this movie. You've got to suspend reality more than once in this movie. But the thing that's, that seems to cover him the whole time is the storm. Because he makes a shitload of noise and the collector is either retardedly deaf or just doesn't care. Anyway, she comes inside. They're kissing away. The collector's right there staring at them. He, he unlocks the door to let them in and sits down and watches. And, um, mate, there's tits out and everything before anyone notices the collector or anyone else. And when they do, her boyfriend gallantly has a swing, takes a heinous, like, double blade thing through the hand, through the fist, the, the bald fist, and then um, is thrown into the bear trap alley, as Witty called it. Couple to the legs, cripples him to the ground, and then just gets fucking head smashed and arms cut off and shit. It's fucked up. It's good. Yeah, that bear trap alley's a great death. Um, my favorite is probably the daughter. So, um, Jill, who's played by um, Madeline Zima, everyone you know from Californication, the daughter from Californication, um, and from the nanny, you said, Witty? Yeah. Yeah. Wild times. Um, when she gets uh, flung into a projector screen full of nails. And pinned to the wall there. Very that, gnarly. That was gnarly. Once oh. again, this is one of the uh, very sophisticated freaking yeah. pulley machines that can rip Launch a fully a grown person across a, a room midair and she gets impaled on some spikes. That was pretty nice. It's fucking pretty gnarly. Um, there's <laughs> there's one death. It's pretty funny, but I'm not going to promote it though because it, it's um, actually cool towards animals. Um, oh, the fight. We, oh, no, no, just mate. Okay, so look. It, it said in the end no animals that, were hurt in the making of this movie. It, no animals were hurt, of course. Um, 
in one scene, oh, it yeah, kind of yeah. alerted us to, actually there's two, um, that alerted us to it might have been the exterminators was he walks into a room that's got this like this acidic glue on the floor and he steps on it and his shoes instantly stick. This is Arkansas trying to escape. And <laughs> his feet start burning and the poor old house cat is already trapped on the on the acid glue. And it's like meowing and it's not a very good state. So he frees the cat by ripping it out of the acid glue, chucks it at the windowsill only to activate a sliding guillotine window that unfortunately cuts the poor cat in half. Yeah. That was a great, it was, that was a great death. Though. It's actually hilarious. It, like, uh, we're all sound pretty sick, but you got to be pretty sick to do a podcast about these movies anyway. But the thing is that he's so annoyed with things that make noise, but he makes so much noise. When he's like, shut up, shut up, cat. He just like, grabs it, he's like, eh, like, rips it up and throws it into the fucking guillotine window thing. It's, it's just fucking... It's, oh, the, the other that's one, comedic as fuck to me. The other animal death is pretty out there as well. The dog? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, I mean, look, I mean, if we're going to... Well, we'll count them off later. How many deaths? There's not a, there's not a huge amount, but... It turns out the collector has brought his like att- attack dog. It's like a like an Alsatian or something. It's gnarly. Um, with him, he lets it loose in the house. Arkin manages to trap the dog's head in a bi- in a, a, a a paper basket bin, uh, and then proceeds to throw the dog at the unsuspecting collector, who instinct turns and blows it in half with a shotgun. <laughs> his own dog his, his own, own dog, dog. That's, yeah so good also the cop death is pretty cool um the dog murks the 50 that come cuz i i'm like in that scene when the cop arrives i'm like what the fuck this cop is like he's pulled out his gun he's called for backup not too much of an unrealistic situation that um he comes by himself because i've watched enough cops to know the american police are rolling regularly by themselves. I think it's literally a, um, you know, a lot of squad cars. They can't put two people in them, whatever. He's calling for backup as you would, and that pays off later. But it's a really cool thing that the start of the movie, the dog almost gets Arkin. I'm like, oh, it's a family dog. Yeah. And then, or maybe you guys guessed it way before me, but then when he, the, the collector just walks out casually as holding a blade, and this guy's got him dead to rights. Now, here's the thing. If I'm that cop, I'm pumping that guy full lead. I don't give a fuck. This guy's come out with a crazy-ass mask on. You're responding to a, a, a fucking 911 call. I'm putting a couple in him. But anyway, he, he's holding fire. He's telling him to put the weapon down. He's, he's obeying him, and then he gets murked by the dog. And it's just escaping me now. The dog rips his throat, his throat out, and then the collector calls him away. He whistles and he gets away. And then what does the collector do? He stabs him in the head, doesn't he? Breaks his neck. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. But you could see it coming. Yeah. Um, let's run through the uh, booby traps because there's there's 12. And I, I want your opinions on the most gnarly Should ones. Should me, me and we try and guess them then? Yeah, see if you can... See if you can uh, yeah, have you, a guess. Where do you go first? I want to try and pick up on your mistakes. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go... Um, we're calling it what? The needle telephone like basically looks like a needle sticking out of the telephone accidentally stabs himself in the in the ear um there's razor blades on the windowsill um there is the crazy pulley that ends up killing the older sister attached to the scissors 
Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm just going off memory. I'm not going in order. Jesus, good memory, man. Um, there's the Bear Trap. We call Bear Trap Alley. Just bear traps everywhere. There's... We can't tell if it's fish wire or what kind of wire. So, like, someone walks... It, it looks like fish wire strung up everywhere. And someone walk, like Arkin walks into it and it instantly slices his, his face and he starts bleeding. So, we're like, well... Whatever if, it is, it's pretty fucking If gnarly. it's fish wire, man, like, you, you run, you'd be happy running pretty quick to... You know, cut yourself up pretty bad. So that's five. Um, oh, he's going to time out. Uh, yep. I'll keep going. Glue floor. Damn. Hot glue floor. Um, blade chandelier. Nice. Um, fucking fish um, hooks. Fish hooks. Fish hooks in the in the bathroom, which is disc- oh, that's my. Most hated one. I don't know why. Um, fish was in the bathroom. Whittier was already nailed. The guy getting pulled by the pulley. The girl getting pulled by the pulley. Um, I, I'm, I'm stumped after those. So we've got about eight, eight or nine. machete that yep. cuts so the boyfriend. There's three more. Yeah, there's, so there's mach- the machete. Uh, there is a um, piece of wood with nails stuck through it. That's attached oh. also to a pulley did system. Did we say cat gear team window? Uh, he, he did say cat gear team yeah, window. Yep. Um, the golf club pulley system, which the dad gets done by ah, yep. at the start, and also all the doors have their locks drilled out, which, yeah, is, yeah, which yeah. aren't booby traps. We'll but yeah. yeah. So and also, is it guillotine or guillotine? I like both. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I heard we just say guillotine. I was like, oh, that's cool. That's like a real French way of saying it. It's a French word, isn't it? Would be. It would be. Yeah. I think it is. That's how they used to execute people back in the diesel. I don't know. I just had Joe Rogan in my head. He's got the guillotine. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool, cool. We'll go with that. We'll go with that. Yep. So, yeah, some great, great booby traps would take way longer than six hours to set it up. You'd be there fucking weeks building this place out. Um, but we, they're brilliant. We have to assume that literally as soon as the dude, le- like the Arkin left the house, they've just gone, let's get to it and started booby trapping for like eight hours straight. Yep. Longer. 100%. The only other question I had was, could they have done any of the stuff before, like, because they're tradies, they're working in the house, could they have done anything sort of like to a person who doesn't give a fuck, like the, the mother of the house doesn't give a fuck what a tradie's doing. Like, Arkin's up there having tea with her daughter at the start of the movie, for fuck's sake. She's not No, nah, because anything. everything, like, it, they boarded up the windows, right? Because they weren't yeah, already boarded up. Last, mm. You smash a bit of wood on there. Yeah, but like th- there's nothing that's not extremely obvious if you're walking through the house during daylight. Like you wouldn't just be like ignore a piece of wood with fucking um, nails sticking out of it or a chandelier <laughs> with knives <laughs> yeah, on no, it or no, just fishing no, wire. No, I get that. Yeah, yeah, I'm just saying like the pulleys that are in the wall or whatever. Yeah, but they're not. They have- like, they're like they're not in the wall. Like they're attached to, like the, the the base of the wall on the outside. Ah. Because when they do a camera shot that runs along the the pulley system, they're just. Oh, like, I thought that camera shot was showing us it was an interior pulley. No, no. Ah, so, that, okay. so everything has been put up. After the tradies have knocked off for the day mm-hmm. and after the family has been taken captive. Potentially by one guy. Potentially by one guy. Could be two. They've taken them cap- captive and then set it up. Yeah, no, uh, they've definitely done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we can, we assume that they've definitely done that. Whoa, 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 whoa. All right, um, let's get into the deaths. Um, so uh, we've done our favorite deaths. How many people died? I have a number because I kept count. Yep. Ollie? I think if I get this right today, it'll be the first time I've ever got it right. Including, can I ask? No, because they wouldn't be dead. You know the box at the start, the very, very start, which is the guy's like, nah, like he opens it up and then he gets taken by the collector. 
That's not a death, is it? No, because he's no, still in the movie. He's still in the movie. Um, nine. I'm going with seven. Or I'm going to go with nine as well. Is it nine? I think it's nine. Counting the dog and the cat, I think it's nine. Oh, okay. God damn. The cat. Huge yeah. W though. Can you, can you confirm? Are you yeah. able to confirm that in the next couple of minutes? Yeah, it's counted at seven. Oh, but but obviously they haven't counted the cat and the dog. I wasn't even counting the cat and the dog in my brain. Does it? We count them off. Dad, he goes yep. first. Um, Dad, then I'm pretty sure it is the older sister. Uh, boyfriend next. Boyfriend. Then Boy. then sister. Then Lawrence. Sis. Then Lawrence. L train. I uh, hang on. Well, going back, the mum. That's the one that's well. Uh, so it's either eight or nine because we never confirm if she's actually dead, or is it even seven or eight? No, it's eight or nine. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, we assume, well, she dies because she gets blown up. Okay, yeah, yeah. Sorry, she definitely dies. The whole day, everyone okay. dies. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> last blows up at the end. That's last, that. last two human deaths are police officer. Yep, yep. Uh, dog attack, neck break, and uh, the ambulance paramedic. Knife How good's the guy at throwing knives, yeah. man? Oh, man. For a fucking bug guy, he, do, he does a lot of shit on his ranch. I man. bet you he has ranch. It's like zinging him around like a like ninja star. It's nice. Do, do, you have, <laughs> do you have a budget for this movie, Woody? I do. Um, I've, I've, I've no idea. It didn't even occur to me until now. I was thinking about it during the movie, actually. Um, I'm always trying to figure out the deaths and the budget. And I'm always <laughs> fucking it up. But um, I reckon the... I was close enough with the deaths. I'm proud of my death of it. Budget for this, this is what I reckon. It made nothing. I reckon it made nothing. Because who the fuck went in 2009 to, to the movies to watch this cast in a movie like this? I don't, when it's competing with, at the time, it's competing with probably Saw 2 or 3. Hostel came out in like 06. There was Hostel 2. There was a lot of these sort of, we've seen a resurgence of a recently like, um, you guys are going to hate me for not knowing the names, but you know the ones like um, the, the the deaf guy, uh, the fucking blind guy in his house, the kids break into his house. Came oh, out in like 2019. Yeah. And, and then there's the one breathe, that's... Don't breathe, Don't breathe. And then there's the one that's... um The, the deaf girl has yep. the intruder come. So they've, they've made a resurgence in the last couple of years after probably 10 years of not being that popular. Yeah. So I reckon the budget would have had to be 15 million because is it, there's, some, there's some pretty cool deaths and stuff. Like There's some special effects going on. And I reckon it made five million Whoa. in all all around the world. Looking at the cast, I, oh yeah, mate, you're paying these people fuck all. Yeah, so I, I reckon it probably was cost even. Oh, things do cost money though, so 50, yeah, fifteen percent is about right actually. And I agree, it definitely did not make money. Um, definitely made a loss. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say eight. Eight to make, yeah. So yep. fi- fifteen to make eight, uh, eight gross, eight box office, eight gross, right? It costs three million dollars to make. Oof. That's Peoples. the way to do it. That's the way to do That's it. That's the way to do it. That's and the way to do it. The gross, ten point two million. Oh, oh. Right. so Tom I was mean, the closest. Great work. At, uh, success. Yeah, that's success. Yeah, put it this way: every actor on there is getting fifty grand. What grand. do you get in that then? Like. Can you say, if you're, like we're saying, uh, Witty and Tomo, like there's the, the black dude who's the, the fence. Hang on. Robert, Robert Wisdom. Robert Wisdom. People out there, you'll know him from The Wire. Bonnie Colvin. Bonnie Colvin from The Wire. Um, you, you just know his head, right? As soon as we saw him, we're like, fuck that guy. He 
he must accept a certain amount of money to do this movie to be in it, but he must write into his contract, I want fucking another couple of percent of the gross. I, th- I think that's the only way you can do it. Because otherwise you can't like, make money, can you? I mean, nah. you still got to spend three months filming the fucking yeah. thing. I think you've got it. I think you've... Well, I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of the trade, but I know that a lot of uh, the actors often will say we want, instead of payment, we'll take like a, a percentage of the total gross. But they can't do that for everybody because there's... I mean, there is like 10 actors in this. Oh, no, 100%. I'm sort of saying the people that have some star power. Like the lady that played the mum, the guy that played the dad, the little girl, that they've got, the, the boyfriend, they've got nothing. They've got no say. They'll, they'll take their five grand and fuck off, but, or 10 or whatever it is. But a guy like Robert Wisdom, a guy like the girl who was in The Nanny and Californication, they're going to say, look, I've got some cred here. Like, fuck, I've been on prime time. I'm a prime time. Yeah, I don't know but what's going on? Yeah, I don't know because I mean they made Saw. The first Saw cost what a million bucks to make, and that yeah. made that made that. And who? But who was in it? No. There was one punter that was in it. Um, anyway, yeah, but that made a shitload. Made a hundred mil, and like. But I'll tell you what, as well though, a couple of months work if you got if you're good enough to get a if you're a good enough name to get a hundred grand from a movie that only had a million dollar budget, just because you're going to be in that movie, a hundred grand is someone's. Most more than most people's yearly money for yeah. like eight weeks' work, so fair play. Yeah, it's a shitload. Yeah. Not everyone's Tom Cruise and can demand you know 40 million for a movie, so ah, 100%. Um, Witty, what are fun facts you got for us today? Struggled to find too many fun facts. Um, but how about this? Um, the original name for the movie was The Midnight Man. That is terrible. It's terrible. Mm. That, that, movie is, that is shit. It doesn't even happen at midnight. I know. Is that a reference to the fact that he's going to meet up with the fence at midnight? You know, we talked earlier about how, <laughs> how maybe, you know, we talked earlier about whether or not there's one or two of them. But if it was going to be called the Midnight Man, singular, or it's the the collector, it implies there is only one of them. Yeah. True that. True that. Yep. But that's the spin. Look, there's a second one that... May get around to it at some point. I think we owe it to ourselves to do it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we might as well. For fuck's sake. Well, look, if it continues the story and we see what happens to Arkin, that'd yeah. be cool. That'd be uh, cool. I just saw that there's a third one. Uh, so the second that. one's called The Collection. What's the, the third collection. one called? It uh, hasn't been made yet. I don't think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry, I had a quick look. It might have been made. I'm not sure. I'm not surprised there's a second now that we know what it fucking made off the budget. Yeah, and also three million it, made made yeah. seven million dollars. There's money in the bank, and it left it left the it left the ending was wide open. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. Um, it was initially pitched as a prequel to Saw. Mm. It didn't float like they didn't. They obviously didn't link up the two different. Yeah, I could so say that. kind of a jigsaw kind of punter could have been. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, the traps are fucking very saw like. Yeah, you know, you could say it's a little bit of a mimic of Saw. Uh, however, there's no communication at all between the the killer and the victims, no. and there's also no seemingly any reason that he's doing <laughs> what he's doing, <laughs> apart from that he gets his thrills from it. Yeah, um, it was inspired by the movie Seven, which I can sort of. I mean, Seven, yeah, I can Seven, well, Seven inspired Saw as well. One hundred percent. Seven is a badass movie. Seven is a great movie. Yeah, I guess it was just sort of like with Saw and a movie like this, they just went that step further in the booby traps and what's happening to people and stuff like that. But I did want to introduce a new segment. What would you do? Good one. Everyone at home, if you've seen the movie, you can say it amongst yourselves. In that situation, what your Arkin, what would you do? 
Uh, what would you? What do you think you would like? You you would like to do? I would. No, we probably wouldn't do. Yeah, I would have been ultimately immediately fucked as soon as my hand got the. Because the, the first time that he notices that the house has got any kind of booby trap is when the razor blade windows get him. Or needle ear, needle phone. A needle phone. Yeah. So, which is just strange. Yeah. You're thinking, why is there a needle on this phone? Yeah. So you'd be, you'd be in a lot of pain, <laughs> a lot of pain, very confused. Um, I think you just run, there's at least one door that's just glass that you can probably just run as fast as you can out of. Yeah. That's yeah. That's true, um, but then again, you see the cat get cut in half by a guillotine. You're probably pretty reluctant to try anything because you'd be expecting everything you touch to kill you. Yeah. So, mate, I'd probably just uh, lie on the floor, have a little cry, and um, then run screaming into the fishing wire. Yeah. <laughs> the what, the what? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, uh, I reckon. Uh, look, I'd be pretty fucked as well. Once my hand got trapped, and I'd prick my ear, and I'd be, I would be packing my dax. The only thing is, the he gets outside, and if I made it that far, if I got out of that window at any stage, as badly hurt as I had been at that stage, like with one of the booby traps, and I can't remember if he's had a punch on with fucking old um, collector head at that stage. But anyway, he sees a little girl, so he goes back. I think it's hard to say this, you know, like I have a child, and you're thinking about your child, but. I think you're you're probably dead if you go back in because you're really giving up any advantage you had. Like you're so fucked getting out, you're not going to have any energy. You've been soaked by the rain. I think I think I would just run, um, maybe try and take the cop car. Fucking I don't know, but like he goes back in, um, like you said, uh, Tom as well. I reckon initially it would be. Throw myself through something and see if a fucking like the board of that windows are clearly a sign that they couldn't be fucked booby trapping them because the house is too big. So he works away on one, he keeps going back there and work. Fair play to him, he's consistent. He goes to the safe enough times to get the rock, to get the gun, to do everything he has to do, and he works on a window and he gets out of that window. Like he he does something fairly realistic there. I don't think I'd have the I wouldn't have the nerve to prize the wood off. That's what I wouldn't be able to do. I wouldn't be able to look away from a door and just be working mm. on something. So I would be screaming and running out of that probably the front door. To be yeah. fair, and we always and I say, get lacerated. I'd say we always say that once you're out of somewhere, like we did with Wolf Creek, don't Wolf go Creek. back. Yeah, Never every go movie, back. don't fucking go back so, without the popo. <laughs> the boys are referring to a scene where Arkin actually escapes. He actually smashes through a window. He gets out. He's off into the night sky. Turns around for that one last look, as you do, and notices the little girl that he, everyone's looking for is. Uh, trapped uh, in a room upstairs and then he sees the collector downstairs going upstairs. So he goes back in, he does the heroic thing. I think the way, the way, and you guys have covered it, we'll cover the, some of them, you've got three things that you can do. Firstly, when he cuts his hand on the razor uh, windowsill, is that window not exposed? Can he not just smash that and get out? But hang on, at that stage, he's still trying to be quiet and... And, and he doesn't know what's going on. He, he does eventually on. punch that piece of wood yeah, out. Yeah, um, he does. But initially, he's like, oh, what the fuck's happening? And then, yeah, he's keeping quiet. Yeah. The way I see it, you've got... You continue to look for a way out as silently as you can, which proved to be very tough. Two, you confront him. Or three... I mean, and this is in the movie. Three is the point where you get out and you don't go back for the little girl. 
That's the wrencher. That's the gut wrencher. Yeah. That's the tough If you're one. getting away, that was that was it, basically. 100%. Maybe if you could arm yourself. I don't know. He, the gun had no bullets. He punches on with old mate. The guy's obviously retard strong. Like, it's just, he just has this strength. Like, because we see him walking along and he seems to have this really weird walking gait and he's, like, almost dragging himself and you're like, he's a bit of a gimp. Like, what's going on? But then he, he Arkin's a fit bloke. He's done jail. So, he's obviously machined it out in jail for a while. He works with his hands. He'd be a strong guy. I guess the exterminator would be a strong guy as well. But he just he gets he gets made pissed really every every fight he has with the with the collector. He just gets owned. To be fair, like big o overhand rights, just knocking him out. Right, the collectors like throw knives. You know, probably a black belt in Brazilian jiu jitsu. Yeah, like trained the Gracies. I don't know. Seriously strong, quick. But he yeah. looks like a gimp. Not because he wears that stupid mask. And also, what is that mask? What is that? Good question. That's a good question. It's like a Hessian sack. It's, right? Actually, it's a, you know what it, could, it looks like? Um, it looks like a version of a, one of those Mexican wrestling masks because it's tied up from the back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah, thought yeah. maybe it could have been someone's face or a series of faces oh. that he's cut off and he's made into a mask. Sewn together head face yeah. mask thing. Yeah, a bit of leather, leather face, face going on. Bit of, bit of a, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I sort of saw it as like a, like a potato sack. That he's cut holes in, and it sort of reminds me of like those scarecrows. Like I don't know, it's mm. fucking. You know the scarecrow from the is it Batman? Yeah, something like that. I don't know. It's a weird, weird mask. And he gets it off, old mate. And that's a really cool part of this movie that I really like. Is he rips the mask off, and he, there's a recognition on his face. Like, oh, sick! And then he gets knocked out, which is actually a really cool tease. Which I reckon is why we definitely have to do number two. Excellent. Because yeah, fuck yeah. I reckon. Should we do we do we spoil the ending? Look, it came out in two thousand nine. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Yeah, well, if we've come this far, I'm actually let's leave that. Yeah, we'll leave it. We'll do, when we do the the it's collection, a cool we'll it's a cool um, we'll spoil the ending for the collector. But you have time to go back and watch it now, um, boys. To sum up, gore rating out of ten, Ollie. Uh, I'll give it a I'll give it an eight. Um, they pulled a lot of punches with the dad's death. Who, by the way, you see the dad's intestines and stuff all over the floor. Don't see the death. If they'd shown that, it would have been a fucking ten because that's fucked up. I'll go an eight, even though the mouth gets sewn shut and. You know, yeah, I'll go eight. And for you, for the death, the gore of your death, um, the door, the gore of the bear trap death, I'll actually go probably a, I'll go an eight as well. It's up there, but slightly, slightly pull the punch because he's already flat on his back when the thing hits his head, and uh, it's cool though. It yeah. is cool. It's a fucking sick death. If his skull had collapsed inwards, it would have been a straight up. Would have been a ten. Yeah. Would he? Gore Look, factor. I'm probably going to agree. I'm going to go with eight. Um, you could have made it. Gorya. Um, but I mean look without being over the top it had a good amount. So I got I'll go eight and eight as well. I agree. Had eights all around and a great cringe factor. There's a lot of times that you could imagine yourself running into the fish hooks and it really sort of gets under your skin a worst little bit. Feeling, worst feeling that one. Um so as always, thanks for joining us on the Wild Horseman Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at the Wild Horseman Podcast. We're all on Instagram. I'm at Tom Wildy. Ollie is at Wildy Ollie. And Witty is at Witty151. And if you like what we're doing here, hit the subscribe button, tell family and friends, and leave a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever it is you get your podcasts, and that will help us get the show out there. And if there is a movie you want us to watch, hit us up at twowildhorsemen at gmail.com or on our socials, and we'll chuck it up on the list. If you do, if we do a film you suggest, we'll send you something. Probably, maybe at some point, you'll get something. And a big shout-out again to Gareth Viney for another suggestion, mate. Keep them coming. <laughs>